Hello and welcome. This is the Bits vs. Byte podcast. I'm your host, Amin Grigic, and today with me is Rick Varenhorst. He is the CIO at Transavia. Welcome, Rick. Yeah, thanks uh, f- uh, for inviting me. No problem at all. Uh, could you tell me a little bit about your background and also how you got to be the CIO at uh, Transavia? Yes, I can. I uh, started my uh, career in uh, after studying computer science at a few university in Amsterdam. I did a PhD there in software architecture and knowledge management, and I always fancied, let's say, the the link between business and IT. Um, but I wanted to actually make tangible impact in industry. So I decided after that to say goodbye, at least for now, to the academic career and went into consulting. Worked for relatively small boutique consulting firms and they all had uh, also a large training component. So for me, knowledge sharing and uh, helping others to grow is an important uh, theme throughout my career. And I like that a lot. So I built quite a few curricula, training programs, gave a lot of lectures in all kinds of IT topics. Uh, and did consulting, like I said, in IT strategy, enterprise architecture, and also later in uh, more agile and, and other hot topics uh, that that are still in our industry very, uh, 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 yeah, very popular. Yeah. Um, then I also became uh, I worked myself into leadership roles. I learned to like basically to to lead people and have impact through others. Uh, being an expert uh, from from history, it, it was for me always a, a, a discussion. What is nicer, and I always try to combine the two. So I'm not an an, an experienced uh, uh, governor or somebody who likes to manage teams through Excel. I really like to be in the team, uh, also use use new trends and information to uh, uh, to also build new propositions or actually make make, make my hands dirty myself. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I also don't hesitate to to let others shine, and I like that mix. Uh, I worked for Xebia for a few years, and I learned also to uh, now be on the on the front end of new hypes uh, uh, and also new technologies in infrastructure, in clouds, in DevOps. Uh, so my backpack is basically filled with uh, all kinds of uh, topics that are valuable for enterprises. And then I was approached to uh, for this position at Transavia, mm-hmm. and uh, they were looking for somebody who would lead the way into a new chapter, next level of maturity, based on some some foundations they already had invested in. Um, they had already initiated an agile transition. They already had outsourced their, their data center. Um, so some basic steps were already taken and they were looking for a leader who wanted to grow the team uh, mm-hmm. uh, and also brought experience from, from other firms with okay. him. And since I had helped quite a few organizations with, with my teams of the consulting companies to, to transform, uh, I had a, a nice uh, CV. Mm. That's interesting. The the what what I'm uh, wondering about actually is when you transitioned because you transitioned from kind of a consulting job to a leadership role. How was that transition like for you? Was that really difficult, or uh, what what were the kind of challenges you had? That's a great question. I think now, almost two years later, I, I can look back at it uh, a bit better. Uh, I didn't perceive it as difficult, but uh, in hindsight, I I did make some assumptions that that were flawed uh, looking back. Uh, one of the big differences is that I always ha- had acted as a consultant myself uh, and, and tried to inspire my teams and my customers as such uh, using that knowledge. And although maybe the theories and the, the inspiration, is, it, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, being also, let's say, one of the bosses in a company, 
make you being perceived by others a bit differently. Mm. So regardless of, of what I said, people were, uh, uh, were also focusing more on, 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 on the intonation and, and also how I said it and were less inclined to maybe uh, uh, follow suits basically because they had experience in the past that the typical IT boss was a different mm. kind of profile. Um, and in an airline specifically, I noticed in Transavia's case, uh, we are working hard for uh, becoming a, an agile company and, and having a flat operating model. And, and there are quite some cool stuff going on, but we come from a traditional command and control environment. Yeah. So another big difference is that uh, I'm used to, I was used to work in environments where people uh, were so uh, stubborn and also uh, full of knowledge and skills that they would question almost everything that me as a young leader would would, would pose uh, to make ideas better or they had uh, enough uh, based on limited information to just go out and uh, do great stuff yeah. in Transavia it was much less like that because people were were more used to follow instructions mm. and they needed more precise guidance yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and in some cases I noticed that some of my IDs uh, turned out to be not not that bad at all but they needed more details and more instructions for those people and they were hesitant to actually tell me that they didn't understand fully or they saw other concerns and yeah. that has to do with the with the dna of the company that you don't speak up allowed yeah. to to managers that easily and i was more in, under the impression well, if 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 they're nodding and silent or smiling <laughs> it's okay <laughs> it's okay yeah. uh, so that was a big difference for me to get adjusted to yeah i've noticed that from a lot of people that um kind of as you said kind of the flat organizations where uh, a lot of people get like the trust to to and the kind of responsibility like okay if you're going to do that go ahead and do that and we'll we we kind of trust you to do the right thing uh, and what i'm what i'm wondering about is um how how do you how do you change that? Because that's the, I think a, a a hard topic to do or a hard uh, thing to do is to, to kind of change that uh, from a if you can call it maybe it's not hierarchical but it, it is kind of a, in in the sense like uh, as you said the command and control uh, kind of way of working to a flat organization. How did you how did you go about that in the because I think you you were also uh, hired to to kind of see through that kind of transformation as well, right? Uh, yes, and it's a company-wide effort we're undertaking. A very small practical example is, I think, to to always be happy about feedback and also show gratitude when people speak up or give feedback, either when it's positive or, or less positive, mm -hmm. uh, and, and make a separation between the, the, the process and, and the content itself. So, so people understand that it's actually good that they... Uh, have the liberty or they're almost encouraged to 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 come up with other ideas or initiative i also recall that uh, in, in my consulting years we had a slogan in one of the companies i worked for it was called act now apologize later mm. uh, so, and i use i saw myself using it quite often in the first half year of transavia and people were a bit <laughs> shocked when i actually told them do a bit more of that yeah. um uh, the worst thing that can happen is that they will tell you, well, maybe next time uh, uh, do it differently or inform me or uh, mm. uh, for these kind of situations, ask approval, but still great that you took initiative. Yeah, and and exactly. that helped. Uh, and it's like uh, uh, in other situations in, in our real lives that, that people carefully 
try out and then they look back or behind their shoulders to see if it's really okay and nobody is uh, yeah, harming yeah. them or, or complaining and then they they start to realize okay he really meant it and yeah. in my case that was it took some time i think around a year almost but people understood that uh, they have quite a lot of liberty and autonomy mm. uh, and 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 it helped me to get much more feedback from the trenches to understand what what we're really up against yeah and that's something i've i've noticed as well is it, it, and a lot of people are like okay i want to change this within my company because i want to have this kind of way of working right and they expect it like okay that's going to be tomorrow <laughs> just because i said it it's going to be like that right yeah. and it, uh, it's it's a process and a lot of people kind of forget that it's a process of building trust as well where you're just saying okay it's okay to do that right it's okay to kind of change that and not having to ask me for every kind of change or uh, i i tell that to a lot of uh, people that are in my team as well like okay please if you have a great idea mm -hmm. and yeah. you you're like okay i can probably just do this without actually having a big impact on uh, how customers perceive it or whatever i could do it and i can test and then can see and and can actually say okay i've done this uh, what do you think about it right I much rather have that than me going around telling, okay, just do this issue or do this issue or do this issue, yeah. right? Another example is uh, related to this is at all hands meetings. We have mm. monthly. Uh, in the first few iterations after I established this monthly meeting, uh, it was more of the forum that, that me or some other leadership uh, members gave presentations on what our big uh, uh, hairy, audacious strategy was about. Uh, with all good intent but it was very uh lacking the interactivity between us exactly. and, the, and the people who do the hard work mm -hmm. and uh, the whole point of those sessions is of course that they shine that they uh, come up with ideas and they connect with each other yeah and that i help facilitate that process yeah um and one funny thing was that i learned to actually use bigger pauses after asking question to the audience because they imagine in, in the restaurant in our our building around 80 to 100 people are in the room, but they are a bit more traditional in the sense that they're used to consume information, hear what the new instructions of the of the leadership is for the coming period. But in this case, the leadership really wanted feedback. Mm. And I asked uh, after, let's say, two, three slides of highlights what I was going to um, invest in in the coming period and I needed to explore together with everybody who wants to help build this ID. I asked, is there anybody who has a question about this? Mm. And this this time I allowed myself to for a pause. And it took almost 10 seconds. And that's, that felt, <laughs> that felt much longer. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. And then uh, one product owner asked a question. And it was almost like, like in, in, in elementary school. That people <laughs> are, Very slowly. <laughs> are, are afraid to raise their hands or yeah, are, yeah. are getting a red face when they're picked by the teacher. Yeah. Uh, and he asked a very le legit question. And I answered... Uh, also happy that i got a question and mm. he was and it was a nice interaction and and then immediately five other fingers were raised in yeah the audience. and then it's, it's and from then yeah. on in every session that followed it was a much lower threshold for some people to yeah. voice concerns to to give uh, also positive uh, feedback because it, it helps also for uh for for teams that are presenting stuff now uh, that they see that people appreciate it uh, we yeah. build walls of success there are all kinds of things that followed but it, it was needed to to break through this standard uh, classical uh, 
uh, yeah, also hierarchical way of working and, yeah. and a lack of communication. Yeah, it's it's funny. I, I have um I've kind of a demo thing set up every two weeks because we have a kind of company meeting every two weeks. Um, where uh, we have two interns right now uh, and when they're building something and when they actually did something I always say to them like you have to present it I'm not going to present it at all you have to present this uh, this thing to the whole company yes. uh, and I'm, I'm kind of doing that because they uh, of course it's it's fun to show what you worked on but also it it kind of um, I hope it instills that trust like okay you, you did something and you have to be proud of it uh, and also uh, sometimes people say to me yeah you did a great great job and i'm like i didn't do that much at all <laughs> i just i just yeah. kind of facilitate the the whole the process to to build this stuff uh, and that's uh, something that um, i think is very important in any leader, leadership position just to look at okay i have this team we need to build this how are we going to do this but also what are kind of the obstacles that i can take away as a leader so yeah. they can actually shine no, that, that triggers me i learned uh, in a nice way from one of the cios uh, ceos i worked for in the past he also said a similar metaphor of uh, hmm. if we should want to lead a team then you uh, have to be very clear in your, go- in your goal so where's the pot of gold and and, hmm. and point them in that direction yeah and refrain from uh, let's say building the, the boat for them but allow them to figure out that that with wood and with some ropes they can build something and they can sail in the right direction but another important thing you do is is and we call it impediments in agile but it's just make sure that all the barriers are uh, uh are, are, gone. Are, are gone as as much as you can influence that yeah uh, and and if you then also establish a nice feedback loop with the team so they know how they can ask for help and that's in hierarchical companies still something that i find is is, is hard to establish because even today with one of my uh, direct reports one of the the persons in the leadership team she told me that it's still difficult for me to determine when I should come to you. <laughs> it's it's hard the other way around as well. And, right? and if it's already hard yeah. for her to ask for yeah. help or inform me, or but mostly also for letting me deal with a complex situation with a lot yeah. of stakeholders, can you imagine how it is for for specialists in in our agile teams? Well, mm. the, I would love to to help them out, uh, but they've that that threshold is some some something we need to work on. Yeah. To, to be, to show more trust and let them feel that they can they can speak up al- also me to and, and that they can ask for help yeah for sure so what what i want to get back on a little bit uh, because uh, we we talked about transavia a little bit but uh, for the people that don't know yeah i, I suspect that it will be a lot of people but for the people that don't know what what does transavia do what what are you kind of as a company yeah, we are a uh, low-cost airline in the in, in the Netherlands. We are proudly part of the Air France uh, KLM group. So we are basically the third brand of that group after uh, Air France and KLM. Uh, we do have a sister company in France. So we operate in the Netherlands from three uh, bases, Amsterdam, uh, Schiphol, Eindhoven and, uh, and Rotterdam, Rotterdam airports. But our sister operates from three bases uh, and soon four in France. Uh, they're growing also large because of the French market is bigger and uh, it's less slot constrained as we have in the Netherlands. Um, and they are much younger than us. So when they started 12 years ago, they also used the brand. So in that sense, it's a franchise uh, construction, uh, but, but also the IT uh, mm. landscape to a large extent. So I'm responsible for uh, all the IT systems and the, uh, the innovation portfolio. 
uh, and to a large extent that is a joint portfolio also by our French sister. Yeah. So the teams work on solutions that, all, for example, in the e-commerce domain that are also used uh, in France because we share the, the Transavia.com domain, for example. Yeah, that makes sense. A happy customer uh, to, to say for myself, uh, I'm, I fly Transavia quite a bit because okay. it's yeah. it's uh, it's basically one of the only airlines that uh, flies uh, a particular route that I need to take. So <laughs> and it's <laughs> that, great that to, uh, in contrast to some other companies I worked for, this is indeed a brand that almost everybody in the Netherlands knows yeah uh, sure. and, and I, I think it's also nice that we have a unique selling point when it comes to the brand and the the the, the, the feel good uh, yeah. factor we, we our motto is also make low cost feel good mm. so we are not competing on on price let's say to the bottom with some of the competitors we see such as uh, no, one one in Ireland mm. um, because we feel that we can make a difference more in uh, in the service levels and in the customer experience or the passenger experience, and yeah. of course, not all the elements in the in the travel journey of this passenger we can directly influence uh, because of some weather conditions sure. or congestion at, uh, at the airport. uh, airports or in air traffic controls, uh, which may doesn't help in in what we call our on-time performance. But there are many touch points where we can make a difference. And one simple example is also the the atmosphere and the service in the in our planes yeah works yeah. a little bit extra attention uh, also based on maybe some information we have have up front for example we know somebody has its, its birthday mm. or somebody has been delayed through an incoming flight can give or, or is traveling with the baby just a little bit extra care cool. uh, and this this really literally gives gives people a smile on their face and yeah. that that's what we are aiming for and all I do is make sure that we enable this uh, to the fullest extent. Yeah, it's a small effort that some sometimes gets forgotten, right? Where you can, uh, by just a small gesture, you can already make that experience for a client that, that much better. Mm-hmm. Um, and getting to that, uh, you mentioned the Transavia.com website as well. I'd read in an article that you uh, said that you needed to have more channels than just that uh, website uh, alone. So, w- what kind of idea did you have behind that strategy? Like, uh, not moving away from the Transavia.com because that's, I think, one of the main drivers still. But uh, what what ca- what was kind of the idea behind that strategy of moving away uh, or having more channels to to get people? Uh, the, the strategy is basically to to be as accessible and approachable as uh, visible as brand as possible. Uh, our, our core, uh, let's say, reason uh, for existence from the start, uh, almost more than 50 years ago, was to make flying accessible to uh, to everyday people. Uh, because at that time, it was much more expensive and for the elite. So we tried to make it accessible to uh, to, to everybody in the Netherlands. Uh, and that's still uh, visible when you look at our approach to, to, to channels. Uh, we, if you use an IT term, so we have the, our website channel, which is still... Uh, the predominant way for people to book tickets but we see a trend in in other channels as well for example uh, mobile mm-hmm. we we at the moment are not having a very fancy mobile channel but we're working on uh, on improving that so in the in the coming months we will release a new app so have a better user experience there for people who use their smartphone to to book a ticket and and uh, get their boarding pass and and yeah. uh, book ex- ancillaries etc um, and in addition to that, in our distribution landscape, as we call it, we see also that more and more people use search engines and other third-party uh, channels to 
to find us, for example, Skyscanner, uh, Google Flights, uh, uh, those kind of sites. And, uh, and we are investing more and more in, in making our IT landscape, in that sense, accessible through API interfaces, co- connections, yeah. so that our, let's say, offering is also visible in the right way on those platforms. So we also uh, are not forgotten or are in, in, in at least taken into account when people compare with uh, which uh, airline they could fly to a destination of their their preference. Mm, yeah, yeah, and <laughs> I can imagine that, uh, especially when you look at the kind of younger population, right, where it's uh, even more important uh, to to reach them. Just not not just by having your website and stuff like that, but yeah. also being on other platforms and just a website, right, uh, where yeah. uh, where you can actually reach them, because that's that's. <coughs> um, a lot of companies are like, okay, how can I reach this kind of new generation that's coming up? And I still feel like uh, they don't really get to the the the, the core of the th- the problem here is that uh, yeah, a lot of people don't use a website, right? No, to, true. To, to book it. Uh, I or, think uh, if I look at myself and especially at my children, uh, more and more will be done with uh, mobile devices. So yeah. it's good that we are using that m- much more than let's say. A sh- uh, a shell around our website but as a, as a separate channel yeah. we're even investing in uh, what i think would be the one of the next big uh, bigger friends and that's more about conversational systems mm-hmm. so we did pilots with uh, amazon alexa for example google home okay. to uh, to book tickets and ask information about your flight and your your boarding uh, uh, pass through uh, those systems as well. It mm. is in the pilot uh, MVP stage, of course, but it's something that could become bigger if people uh, having those machines and 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 at home yeah. uh, maybe use voice uh, to a larger extent. And yeah. and if if so, then we want to be ready to to be found and to be used as well. So how, how does that? Look? Because that's interesting uh, uh, for many ways. Because I do a lot of presentations on Alexa as well, so I know a little bit about it. But how does it work for, for example, for an end user? Say, for instance, they uh, you actually get that actual voice interface for Transavia and you can use it. How do they kind of interact with that? Oh, I have. To be honest, I don't know the details of no. how far the pilot went with with Google Home. I I do know that we had some 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 basic functionality uh, implemented that people could uh, uh, could I think based on the on the destination and uh, uh-huh. and the date of, uh, of 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 arrival or departure. I think uh, at least get some information on the on the, uh, the flight information. Yeah, I think exactly. That's, that's how it started. Yeah, yeah. Not it's, not uh, like the whole ticket buying. Experience no, it was not a, not the whole booking flow yet. Yeah, because that. I feel like that would be one of the hardest things to do, right? To actually get right, okay, I want to go from this point, point A to point B, and then have all that. Uh, yeah, but but if you think about it, getting information by by a smart assistant, uh, uh, the chatbot chatbot variant uh, in which he or she uh, explains to you what are, are alternative flights possible. Uh, what kind of ancillaries you could book? Yeah, exactly. uh, maybe some some tips around hotels and 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 car rental could could be something if you make it a proper conversation that's actually helping you compared to a more uh, dumb interface such as a website or a mobile device. That yeah, yeah, yeah. it could enrich the experience, but it needs to be flawless. Yeah, and I think uh, the bigger uh, Silicon Valley firms are accelerating nicely in what is possible nowadays uh, so it's something we are having an eye on to, yeah. to see when it becomes uh, 
an interesting USB for us to offer this. Yeah, it makes sense. I think that um, what what uh, what's kind of missing sometimes, uh, of course, you have the voice assistants where there is already a screen built in and stuff like that. You already have that. But what I'm kind of missing is uh, maybe it's already there, but I, I feel it's still missing. Um, is when, for example, you have that kind of information about hotels or things to do in that city where you're mm-hmm. traveling to, uh, to be able to say like, okay, just put it on this screen, right? And then it will actually display it on that screen and then you can look through it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's still, uh, of course, that will come, but it, it is still something that's kind of missing from that experience, I think, from voice assistants, uh, from a voice assistant <coughs> standpoint, kind of uh, looking at it that way. So I, I think I hope that 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 comes along because that's that's the kind of missing piece I think in uh, yeah for us uh, we have a, uh, an innovation lab for specific experiments and and do all kinds of things to to also validate certain ideas and also maybe not become the first on earth to to have it fought out and and, and being a low cost airline means that we have to be be a bit smart in how to spend our resources but be a, be a smart follower or be uh, ready when it's something that is really uh, helping the customer experience. Yeah. So that's why we, uh, we explore those kind of topics uh, already. Uh, and it's getting bigger <coughs> and bigger. I mean, uh, the last time I checked, there were like 133 million or something uh, smart speakers already in yeah. kind of people's houses and offices. Yeah. It and goes, goes fast. Yeah. It goes really fast. So that's that's all, um, that's of course good to to look at as a company like okay is this a channel that we could get to people uh, as well because it's in your living room basically Mm -hmm. uh, in most cases so uh, what what i was also wondering about is um the kind of airline industry when you look at it it's kind of notorious for being very strict on rules and uh, stuff Mm -hmm. like that uh and also challenging to implement new kind of innovations and uh, and uh, especially when you're looking at the aircraft itself i mean uh, all the other stuff of course, there are also strict rules, but the the aircraft is like the the, the most strict one from my kind of mm-hmm. point of view. Um, so, how do you, uh, do you do you kind of see that changing now when when you look at it from maybe two years ago when you started and uh, how it is right now? Is that is that changing the, those kind of ways of <coughs> being able to innovate on uh, planes and stuff like that? Maybe on the on the planes itself, a lot is go- happening there, but that's mm. not our core business in in a sense because we have. Uh, companies in our case boeing yeah. that is doing that for us and and of course we we are in active discussions when when a new plane type is for example coming coming out or when we purchase or, or lease new new uh, new planes we look at what kind of features would would fit with the customer experience and the yeah. other requirements that we have uh, um so, but but on itself, I think you're right. It's a, quite a conservative business uh, and also safely regulated business, uh, which is important. And also for us, safety is our number one concern. So this is not, let's say, the topic where we can be mostly differentiating through sure. compared to other airlines being low cost or, or more premium. So what we are doing more on the innovation side is everything... Uh, from a passenger experience point of view in the in the to to generate a frictionless travel experience Uh, we focus from the first moment that you have an idea i want to go on holiday to uh to spain up until you arrive home again after hopefully a nice trip and there are various points in the travel where we can use innovations in that uh, that help you 
make that smile on your face bigger. Mm. Um, that's one thing, but also in the flight operations domain, uh, which is uh, everything from ground services, technical services, operation control center, there's a lot of logistics going on to make sure that our crew is there on time, that we have the optimal network scheduling, crew rosters, uh, uh, right amount of fuel uh, with <laughs> <That's us. handy. laughs> a small turnaround yeah, time yeah, yeah. and a lot of uh, let's say elements in this in this journey that can be optimized if we have let's say more data-driven approaches eliminate waste so a lot of optimizations are and innovations are a bit away from the direct customer experience perhaps but but will definitely have a big impact on arriving on time on your destination which is a big uh, influence on 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 how people perceive the flight and how happy sure. they are with us. Yeah. Um, changing the the IT systems, but also the operational key processes in an airline to become more effective and, and generate more value. So I think on those elements, we, we can innovate quite a bit. Yeah. Um, one other example more from, an, from a crew perspective is that we use much better data uh, and information sets about for example passengers so we have on ipads on board we have information who is on board um, uh, how he or she uh, where he or she is coming from so we can deliver more uh, and better service yeah uh, so, so there are a lot of things that that are maybe not rocket science compared to let's say much more tech driven industries but uh, help uh, improving our core business so yeah. innovate and, and looking from that perspective we have various in innovation topics from machine learning to to uh, robotic process automation uh, that we are currently investing in yeah exactly so w w when when you look back in these kind of uh, last two years that uh, that uh, you've been doing this uh, what are some of the things that you would say have really contributed to that kind of customer experience what, what are there some kind of innovations that uh, really uh, excited you when you saw that it actually works and stuff like that are there any examples like big examples mm, i think one of the bigger examples is that 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 we focus a lot on self-service mm -hmm. uh, so although it's uh, we're not the first airline to implement this it, it was for us important for the whole passenger experience to to make it easier to cancel a booking, for example, through our website and not needing to to call our uh, our call centers anymore for this, and give more autonomy to the passenger to uh, have insight in his booking, change things, uh, cancel flights, etc. That that is something that helped. Um, what I'm very excited about, but it's less related to the passengers themselves, but it's more for the from a business point of view for Transavia is that we adopt machine learning uh, um, models uh, for revenue management at mm -hmm. the moment it's uh, of course as you can imagine uh, airline tickets uh, do not have a fixed fee so there are all kind of levels in that sure, based yeah. on uh, availability uh, and type of uh, uh, flight etc uh, so it's a lot of uh, uh, it's market driven and 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 complex algorithms behind it but yeah. the key people working on this uh, are in the revenue management department and they have a lot of experience they bring to the table to determine well maybe for for this flight and for the two remaining seats we ask uh, this price mm -hmm. um, and we're now studying machine learning algorithms to train uh, let's say uh, machines to to do this automatically also 
to use it after office hours. And we see that uh, it helps us to also, based on availability, increase also what we call the yield for the uh, for the available flights because we have uh, in the current economic conditions a lot of people want to fly. Our our, our planes are typically almost full. Yep, um, I've noticed that. <laughs> yeah, uh, so yeah, there's yeah. an optimization for us to to be a bit smarter and more dynamic in in our pricing strategy. So yeah. that is something that that ben- benefits us. But but another thing that is really um, helping our crew and therefore also our our passengers indirectly is uh, optimizations in a similar way with with uh, with, with, with data-driven decisioning models, uh, the crew rostering. Mm. It's a very complex uh, thing in our business because the crew has a lot of um, uh, rules and regulations based by law, uh, based on laws in the, in the country uh, which dictate uh, how much resting time they, they need to have in between flights. And based on this complex rule set, it's almost impossible by hand to make rosters that uh, are feasible. Mm. Uh, so as a result, we have not the highest uh, em- employer satisfaction ratings f- from the crew, uh, and and it could sometimes lead to higher uh, uh, illness and uh, yeah. uh, rates. And as a result, more people will be called on standby, uh, and and the whole productivity drops. Uh, and and that's a risk uh, in in a in a tight market where uh, some some airlines even can cannot grow further because there there's not enough crew. Yeah. So we want to really be an employer that takes care of its own people. So we invest in better work-life balance and better rosters for our crew. And, and we use innovations and IT to, to help automate this. Yeah, and uh, an important thing, of course, is when your crew is not happy, the customer is also not going to yeah, be happy. Yeah, uh, that's why I said indirectly it definitely impacts the, the customer. And, yeah. and, and people uh, in our in, uh, during the flights do, do a great job to uh, and work hard, but they need to be fit as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I uh, to get back to that data, because I think that's interesting, you... you you have a growing number of kind of data scientists and people uh, that are working uh, to change things on board, uh, as we mentioned, uh, but also in terms of waste. But th- I, I saw that somewhere. Maybe you can tell a little bit about that uh, as well. Yeah, we did. An, uh, an, it was, I think, one of the innovation projects last year where we measured with some data scientists uh, how much of the the food we brought on on, on the board was thrown away afterwards. Mm. So based on uh, on those. Uh, 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 information from many flights and some some models we trained and uh, pre- we, we were able to predict on specific routes and based on the how full uh, a, f- a flight is how much um, uh, sandwiches we then should take with with us because mm. we have of course uh, uh, some food with us and some snacks uh, to 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 sell during the flight at Transavia but it's a waste that you have to throw it away if you don't use it and you can't let's say keep it for days because it's a fresh sandwich yeah uh, exactly. so it's a small optimization on the one hand but it's also good for the environment it's good for the weight of the plane it and therefore the fuel usage it's it's an um, it, it was a nice innovative way to apply let's say data science expertise yeah. to a very tangible part of our uh, our business yeah because you have all the data that's the that's the thing you have all the data about okay how many people are going to be in there uh, what's their age you you, yeah. you, all, you know all that stuff right yeah, you, true. you can you can do all kinds of stuff with that but this is one thing that i was particularly interested in because as you said uh, it, it helps with the footprint as well that uh, a lot of a lot of airliners are working on right now to to kind of 
reduce that as well. That the, the kind of the CO two, of course, and all all those uh, all those kind of things that uh, that need to be changed, uh, especially from uh, from that kind of business. Yes, and at uh, the moment we are also uh, hiring more data scientists and data engineers to also for all kinds of internal processes to find optimizations and collect data sources with each other to do the proper analytics on yeah. that, uh, to actually create similar kind of value. Yeah, yeah. interesting. Uh, what I wanted to, to do, I have two more questions. Um, and uh, one is more looking forward to see uh, what kind of, uh, what, what, what do you feel are like uh, the things that are going to change within the kind of airline industry in terms of technology and, uh, and also uh, innovation? Uh, what are some things that you, that you see are going on right now? Uh, in terms of technology, I think uh, we touched upon it already a little bit with machine learning. I think mm-hmm. uh, 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 and data science, uh, AI, machine learning, those those topics, uh, the, the, and like in many other industries, they can be very valuable for airlines to to optimize and to automate things they do. I think that that's one. Uh, for us, sustainability is a, a hot topic, very important for our industry to to come up with a proper strategy and find ways to to deal with this important topic in, in, in all its facets. Um, so we invest uh, in all kinds of at least uh, small but, but also larger experiments also with, uh, with, with ecosystem partners and we started Transavia Ventures to also innovate with for new let's say business models um, using startups and also challenge ourselves to also see what kind of things are we missing from outside the airline uh, sector and i think that's a trend that's broader than uh, just airlines but would benefit uh, many more airlines than just transavia to to think a bit more outside the box yeah um, because i think we can uh, learn from from retail and finance and uh, all kinds of other industries yeah. uh, and traditionally i think airlines have been focused solely on the airline industry uh, so that would be a win to do that as such mm. um, what we are very advanced in and i'm proud to to mention is that in addition to the more technical trends and and topics i think it's very important for airlines like in many other industries to to innovate in terms of the way you organize yourself as a company mm. uh, we mentioned already the command and control traditional uh, hierarchy of, of doing business we are investing in uh, in a new operating model having a much more flat organization even adopt principles from uh, holacracy uh, which is a, a very modern way of 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 giving more autonomy to lowering your organization to teams um, apply more situational or facilitative leadership instead of uh, more directive leadership uh, to 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 stimulate people and use also the knowledge and skills of all your people in your organization and i think that's also a trend that is sometimes overlooked but we really believe that we want to become an an organization that benefits from from change uh, and in contrast to let's say react uh, properly on change uh, we know that our environment is fast changing and especially in the airline industry a lot is happening with regulations with uh, 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 with the limited uh, growth uh, possibilities in the market with uh, tough competition with uh, ethical debates about uh, uh, flying yeah. and we need to be as 
agile or even anti-fragile about this as we can so we invest a lot in organizational development as well yeah and uh, and i think the benefit of transavia is that we are uh, a bit smaller uh than some of the than our mother company and some other airlines so we are have, let's say better uh possibilities for for changing let's say the operation operational structure from within and yeah. and, and and learn as we go yeah you're more agile in a sense uh, and it makes sense a lot of people forget the people aspect right uh, the, the, they're like okay we need to have the newest technologies well it's not always like that right if you can uh, if you can make a or if you can get together a team that has that kind of ability to adapt and see the the kind of chances that that's in most in most cases, it's actually more valuable than just doing the newest technologies out there. And that's it. Yeah, and if I have to choose, and that's why I focused primarily on, on, on this topic, is that, that you have bigger chances if you get more people on board who uh, will help you get to the next level. And sure. we don't know exactly what that will be, but we have, we have a bigger chance if we have people uh, who feel the autonomy and the, and the purpose to help us grow. Um, but you need to also create an environment where they are willing to work, and especially the younger generations ask different things than than our parents did yeah. or were used to. So this whole move from a more tailor-oriented way of working to the to a let's say new uh, operating model is something we invest in in heavily. Also to to have less waste in our internal decision making and processes. It makes sense. Yeah. And, uh, and support people and, and grow them. Yeah. yeah, the larger the group gets, the, the the harder it is to make these kind of uh, decisions, and and then it helps when uh, teams can make those decisions by themselves, or at least have that kind of trust to do that. So for for me also, one of the let's say KPIs is not so much uh, uh, how many of the, the the strategic projects like like mobile or AI driven things I am initiating or getting budgets for, but it's more about how many of those. Uh, kind of topics are are initiated by by people uh, in the teams in the agile yeah. teams that I uh, I stimulate and give the mandate to 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 innovate and learn to experiment and fail but learn even more uh, so that we have bigger chances to uh, to end up where we want to be. Yeah. Very cool, very cool. So uh, the last one, last one, last question. Uh, the hardest one <laughs> for a lot of people, but uh, I, I, uh, I'm interested to see what you, uh, what you answer. But what, what are you uh, kind of most proud of since you started this whole journey you're on right now? Oh, that's indeed a tough question. Um, you can yeah. keep it at Transavia. It's yeah, <laughs> I think it relates a bit to what I was just saying in, yeah. in the previous question. I. I strongly believe also in the years before I joined Transavia that that uh, autonomy should be as low as possible in the uh, uh, organization, uh, authority, I mean, to bring bring authority to where the information is, is what uh, David Marquette wrote in his uh, nice book, uh, Turn the Ship Around. And, and that philosophy is much harder to implement than it seems because it does change a lot about the leadership and management styles, the, the operating models, because you, you can tell a team in an average corporate, well, you, we now work agile, but to actually become agile and give the team the, the empowerment and the, the autonomy that they need to, to to act like, let's say, mini entrepreneurs and to create value and come up with their own ideas and own the product is it, quite hard. But we're getting there. And uh, I'm most proud of actually step-by-step step realizing this uh, this, this vision in an airline that is not traditionally 
much less of this this way of working. So yeah. bringing in elements from various companies I worked for helped helped grow from from the tech industry, from from retail startups, uh, larger consulting firms, uh, and that was basically also my mission to to inspire and 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 bring new elements to the mix when I joined. Uh, and I also am proud because I see people getting more happy, more productive, and 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 this is now spreading in the organization. Yeah. So it's uh, like a contagion. It, it has this contagious effect, uh, and it's not always clear what will happen. And every team has its own maturity curve, and uh, it will the whole transformation will take long, uh, and it will it will have new chapters along the way. But but I think that. Being one of the accelerators for this move is something that makes me most proud. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Thanks a lot, Rick. Uh, it welcome. was uh, very good uh, talking to you. And uh, of course, you can find uh, Transavia on transavia.com. You yeah. mentioned it a little bit. And don't uh, forget to book your tickets there. Yeah, yeah <laughs> for sure. And uh, w- I'm looking out for the app as well. When it, uh, when it Yeah, does, I will let uh, you know. Okay, thanks. <laughs> uh, no problem at all. And uh, for the listeners, you can uh, find the Bits vs. Byte podcast on bitsvsbytes.com. Uh, and you can find it, of course, also on uh, Instagram, LinkedIn, and uh, Twitter. It's all Bits vs. Bytes. And there's a newsletter. If you uh, haven't already signed up, uh, sign up. you can uh, find it at bitsvsbytes bitsvsbytes.com slash newsletter and uh, you'll get uh, every two weeks a mail with uh, five things about uh, technology leadership and uh, business and I would like to thank you for listening and until next time